0: we blessed to be a blessing, I love to make, make a difference. difference. There's hope for my brother, hope for my sister, life more abundantly. We are living hope, yeah. St. John 5, 5. And a certain <laughs> man was there which had a spirit, an infirmity, 38 years. And Jesus saw him lie and knew he had now been a long time of their case, he said unto him, wilt thou be made whole? Verse number seven, the impotent man answering him said, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. While well, I am coming another one stepping down before me. Look at verse number six. When Jesus saw him lie, I knew that he had now had been now a long time in that case. He said to him, wilt thou be made whole? Listen, for a few moments, I want to share with this thought, communication that matters. Communication that matters. Communication that matters. Um, we've been talking here uh, last week and on Wednesday night about the importance of human communication. We spent the month of May and June talking about how we should talk vertically to God, and that was through prayer and meditation, vertical dimensions of communication. This month, we're talking about horizontal communication, how we communicate and deliberate with each other. I wanna to say to you, first of all, there are a few barriers in communication. There are a few things that keep us from having effective communication. I'm just gonna list a few of them quickly. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on them, but there are several things that hurt our communication even with God and more specifically with each other. One, uh, multitasking. That is when you're trying to talk to somebody and yet, or somebody's trying to talk to you, but yet the whole time when they're talking or you're responding, you have three or four different things going on. It's almost like, I'm trying to multitask this morning. I'm trying to preach publicly and yet still privately worship. And it's kind of hard to do both at the same time. It's hard sometimes to communicate with your husband or your spouse. You're trying to talk to him, but he's engaged in summer league basketball. He wants to see if Lonzo Ball and the Los Angeles Lakers are going to beat Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics. And sometimes when that man is trying to talk and listen at the same time, that can be frustrating to that wife or that girlfriend. And so she decides to take matters into her own hands by turning the TV off. And that's when Unfortunately, sometimes some furniture can get moved around the house because she has, so sometimes it's hard to talk if you got different things going on. The other thing I want to talk about is authenticity. This is often what we call authenticity is a barrier for communication. What do you mean by authenticity? Well, a lot of us, we've either said it or we've heard somebody say it in communication. You know, it, I'm just who I am, this is me, you know. I just, you know, what come up, come out. I just see it like I had to say it. You know, I just believe, you know, I just believe in keeping it real. But the challenge with that is it's okay, to, it's okay to keep it real without being rude at the same time. And so sometimes we, we, we tend to defer back on this just who I am, take it or leave it. Being who you are does not mean you have to be destructive and negative in your conversations. Y'all, look how you're looking at me now. I'm just, I'm just a direct person. I'm just direct. You, you, you can be direct without being destructive. I'm just blunt. You, you can be blunt. You can, you can be blunt without being a burden or a barrier in the conversation. Sometimes people just this, this who I am, they take leave it they use that as an excuse to not be more tempered in how they have conversation. Another barrier is talking to the wrong people. That is when you're trying to communicate with somebody whose mind is already made up. They're already stuck in their ways, and they're not there to have authentic dialogue. They, really, they want you to hear them. They have no concern. I, I had this case on Friday in the barbershop. A man was talking about how he didn't believe in, in faith, and he didn't believe in Christians, and people that go to church, and all these religious people, none of them right. And I asked my barber, I said, should I say something? Because he was so ignorant, I wanted to correct him. My barber said, leave it alone. And Just keep listening. I later discovered, you know, that's what he believed. He had been in prison for many years He's mad at everybody. So at that moment nothing I said Was gonna connect with him because his mind was made up. So I'm trying to waste my time I was gonna waste my time talking to somebody who didn't want reason conversation He wanted just to blow off a whole bunch of steam and let everybody listen to him but not have serious dialogue some of you waste a lot of time talking to the wrong people and you spend two, three hours, and after it's all over with, you've accomplished nothing. Why? Because you're trying to reason with somebody. Sometimes you can try to be rational with somebody who is irrational. And you're upset because they're not rational. You can get rational from irrational. And what happens in those cases, and many times we end up, in, in the words of Scripture, casting out pearls before swine. And I just think we should get to the point at a certain age that we, we're just too old to keep trying to waste time and energy, trying to convince somebody, to talk to somebody who doesn't have any care or regard. Sometimes you got to leave, leave those people be, keep it moving. Bless you in the name of Jesus. Another one is thoughtlessness. That's when you either respond or say stuff without having any thought process. You got to be careful about just saying stuff at the wrong time, the wrong way. You ever been in a conversation with somebody it happens a whole lot at church? This, it probably happens more in church than anywhere I've ever been. You can be talking to somebody one-on-one, and halfway in your conversation, somebody just walks up on your conversation. I was taught when people are talking, you just never walk into their space, their conversation uninvited. You know, you just let them invite you into the conversation, then if you come in, you don't say nothing, because they've been talking for 20 minutes before you got there. But in church, you can be talking to somebody, and these people just come slowly, just slowly, get back, and you don't know if there's nothing private we're talking about, or anything, just just like edge yourself right on over here in the conversation. (laughs) and you're trying to be nice, and then they had a the nervous, yeah, because they happened. You don't even know what we're talking about. You just came. You're just rude and all inappropriate in the first place. And what happens in those particular cases, people don't have thoughtfulness in how they engage in conversation. Another one is engaging in everything. What is that? That means that everything that's said to you doesn't require a response. That every conversation doesn't need you to say something back. As a matter of fact, you got to be careful about how you engage in conversation. You can engage in conversations, even this is very, very important. It's possible to engage in a conversation without saying nothing. In other words, some of us are around conversations when people are blasting other folks. And you say, I didn't say nothing, but the fact that you were there and perhaps your facial expressions show that you are a mess magnet. That wherever mess is, you, you just, it just draws you over there to the mess. You don't have to say anything, but sometimes your facial expressions, you can talk with your facial expressions in terms of approval or disapproval. Some conversations you shouldn't engage in, you got to exit from. You know what? Well, this is y'all, this is above my pay grade here. You know what I mean? I don't really have time to engage in this. My energy, I can use that energy somewhere else. I can't just use my energy. I got, let me tell you something. Start protecting your energy. Oh, look how you look. So start protecting your energy and your time and your space and some things just engaging in it. No, everything on Facebook that said to you, you gotta respond back to. Because what happens sometimes, people will come at you and you're gonna make at them. But the reality is that you make the mess bigger by bringing attention to somebody that nobody even knows. And so, what you do, you gotta realize that what the reason why you are attacked sometimes by people and social media on the job because here's how it works irrelevance always will attack relevance in hopes to become relevant you didn't hear what I just said that's that's tweetable I said irrelevance will always attack relevance in hopes of becoming relevant so the moment you respond to some people you've taken them from anonymity to relevance Because your response gave signature. Your response said what you said mattered. And that's why somebody said to me, I didn't mean to offend you. I said, you didn't offend me. I disagreed with you. That didn't offend me. Well, well, why did not that offend you? It didn't offend me because I don't care about what you think. It trips me out. I hear people say, I'm going to block them. 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 Block them for what? They keep saying stuff. So you you got to have a block button? In your spirit, you don't have an ignore button? You blocking them says what they're saying matters. Why am I blocking you and you ain't paid not one bill? Look how you're looking at me now. You pay for the kids' groceries. You got to get the kids some uniform. Y'all not fitting me here. You pay some car notes, some house notes, some Georgia Power, some cell phone bill. You give me some grits and some groceries and some oatmeal. Then I may be more inclined to put some attention to what you say. Until that time, some stuff you ain't got to respond to because it doesn't even matter. When you respond to it, you made them relevance by giving signature to irrelevance. Responding with attacks is another way and then simplicity when it's missing That simply meaning that simply means some stuff You say is too deep. Sometimes you can say too much. Sometimes a very clear concise Cogent word is all you need now. I wonder if these quick barriers for conversations. Why because the message is the antithesis to the barriers Because in this text today we find some very effective communication that we can learn from Jesus as a matter of fact, there are two people in this passage there's Jesus and the main character. This text unfolds at a place called Bethesda. That place meant house of mercy. There were five porches at this place called Bethesda. It was believed that every year all type of sick folk, halt blind, withered, lame, crippled, deaf, dumb, would gather around this pool. Why? Because that was a Canaanite cosmogony that had been borrowed in the first century that suggested that superstitiously every year some angel would miraculously appear, get into this pool called the house of mercy, and then stir the waters. And whichever impotent or sick or diseased person got in the water after it was stirred by the angel, that person could be healed from whatever disease or infirmity that they had. Well, it's in this narrative that Jesus invades the text and Jesus engages in a conversation with the man who's not named, but he's certainly not insignificant. As a matter of fact, verse 5 says that a certain man is at this pool. John doesn't list his name, but he does tell us he's been at this pool with an infirmity for 38 years. This man, same pool, 38 years. Now, notice what happens. Jesus engages the conversation, and it's a conversation we can learn from. We can learn some good and some bad. I'm going to let these four things get out of your way. The first thing I want to say to you is that if you want to have communication that matters, Talk with people who have information. Church, say, talk with people who have information. Talk with people who have information. What do you mean by talk with people who have information? Look at verse 5 and verse 6. Jesus saw him. Jesus saw whom? Jesus sees the man who's at this pool for 38 years. Jesus saw him, and here's what got me. Not only did he see him lying there, which meant this man has some type of paralysis. Some suggest he's a, he's a paraplegic. So he has some type of paralysis for 38 years. Jesus sees him lying there because he's crippled. He has some type of disability. He's lying there, but, but but notice but he knew that he had been there a long time in that case. Now, Jesus knows the man, but the man doesn't know Jesus. Jesus knows about the man's condition, but the crippled man doesn't know about Jesus' position. Before the conversation got started, this man is getting ready to talk with somebody who has some information that he didn't have. This crippled man is going to talk with somebody, get it, who is more knowledgeable than he is. I need to put a pen in the meeting, park there just for a second. Here's why. I'm put a quarter in the meeting, park for a second. If you're talking to somebody and everybody you talk to is more knowledgeable than you are then you're gonna be in bad shape here's what I mean if you are the smartest person in your room number one that's a dumb room number two you need to change rooms here is why because you want to engage people who know some things that you don't know look how you're looking at me now see the problem with a lot of us you're trying to start a business talking to Baby Black and Junebug. Y'all not feeling me here. And the people in your family that are, 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 are pouring salt on your vision and pouring water on your fire are people who couldn't spell business if you gave them a dictionary. And so what can happen if you're not careful, people can talk you out of your vision and your destiny because you're talking to people who don't know anything. Look how you're looking at me now. So guess what? So if you're going, that's why it always concerns me when a lot of married people always hang around single people. And you get your advice, not just from single people, but people who ain't never been married. It's almost like some of my family members. My sister one of whose birthday we celebrated yesterday, she with the Lord now, and I miss her so much. I've been depressed all weekend. But I used to get into it with my sister all the time. We, we, we got into it because when, I, when we had when we had Kamari, my sister was trying to feed Kamara cornbread when he was three months old. And I'd be in church after church, giving her every four-letter word that's not Mark, Luca, John. And this was what she say, this cornbread gonna be all right. This cornbread ain't gonna, and I would say to her, you've never had not nan child. Okay, look how you're looking at me here now. Have you ever discovered that some of the same people who want to give you all the advice, they've never accomplished anything, they don't know anything, and we take advice from the wrong people versus asking God to put people in your life who can help you to build and sharpen you as iron sharpens iron. Jesus knew how long. Who in your life do you talk to about where you're trying to go? Who has some information in your life that you don't have if not, you will never grow beyond the, the, the perspective of where you are right now. Number two, talk about things that raise questions. Talk about things that raise questions. I'm almost finished. Verse number six, when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had now been long in that case, get it, he saith unto him, "Wilt thou be made whole? Now here's what's deep. Jesus is presented as the son of God, the divine son of God. He's divinity. He's God in flesh in John's gospel. Now what I want you to understand is Jesus asked this man "Wilt thou be made whole the question I had to ask is why does a divine Jesus have to ask the question he asked this man will thou be made whole what I want you to understand is this don't get it twisted Jesus didn't ask this man this question because he didn't know what the man was thinking or feeling Jesus knew what the man was thinking or feeling. That's not why he asked the question. He had the information before he asked the question. Now, let me throw this in parenthetically for some of you fellas. Fellas, let me tell you something right quick. I don't want to say it, but I got to say it. Listen, husbands, please understand this. 95% of the time, when your wife asks you a question, OK, look how you're looking at look how you're looking at now. She's not asking you that question because she doesn't have 95% of the time when she says, who is that girl? What's her name? Does she like you? What girl are you talking about? Listen, when she asks you that question, it's not that she didn't have the information already. Matter of fact, she knew her mama maiden name. She knows she got the Botox shot. She know her blood type. Look how you... Look how I, I wish somebody helped me push it for a minute. And you're trying to play dum-dum and boo-boo the fool, and you don't realize you're dealing with Inspector Gadget. Y'all ain't sending it to me. She's Mad Lock. She's, she's every, every, every police officer on Law and Order. Y'all ain't saying she's Thomas Dewey. She's Ice T. She's criminal. She's all them, she all ain't know the answer. She ain't asking you that because she don't know it. Here's my point. When when the Lord asked him a question, it was not that he didn't have the answer already. He was asking this man that question because he want this man to look within and be reflective, to look deep on the inside and ask yourself the question, man, what's really going on in you? Let me ask you a question. Who in your life can ask you, what's up with you? Who in your life can check you by asking you questions? Who can ask you questions that make you look within and think about what you're thinking and what you're doing? Because sometimes it's when we deal with the question and look deep within. He's trying to get you to look within, to really think and be reflective. Because he's saying, man, you've been here 38 years. Do you want to be whole? The implication is Jesus knew this man is just going through the routine. He's trying to get him to be self-evident and self-reflective. And here's the problem. Sometimes in life, you've met people, I've met people. I've got some associates, some some comrades that that I ask them, how are you doing today? Because I want them to engage, to tell me how they're really feeling. I got some other comrades, I don't ask them, how are you doing? I ask them, I don't ask them, how are you doing today? I ask them, who are you today? Some folks you got to ask, who are you today? Why? Because every day is something different. It's, it's, it's Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. It's Frankenstein. They, they change like the wind, and you don't even know how to engage them. So what you do, you ask them who they are to figure out which personality you're talking to because they gotta, you don't know if they're Beyonce or Sasha. So you're trying to figure out exactly who is this that I'm talking to. But you also gotta have the ability to look within to question, why am I doing this? Why am I unhappy? Why am I staying in this? Why do I wanna get out of this? Why do I wanna quit my job? Why do I wanna relocate? Who can ask you questions that makes you go deep within to wrestle with yourself, to ask yourself the question, am I acting foolishly, immaturely? Am I acting like a little kid? Who can ask you a question? Who can ask you, fella, why are you still going to the strip club at 55? When is your party over? Why are you there with your shirt unbuttoned down to your navel, trying to pick up a 19 year old, throwing money on the stage? Look how you're looking at me now. Cause a little peer done gave you some confidence. Man, take your old granddaddy home and feed the dog and feed your grandchildren and grow up. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I thought as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. You got to ask yourself, why am I keep going around the same thing? When can I ever get out this rut? Sometimes you'll never get out that rut because you're not willing to wrestle with the question, do you want to get better? To the question. So talk to people who have more information. Talk about things that raise questions. Number three, talk in a way that transcends emotions. I'm finished. Talk in a way that transcends emotions. Check it out. Verse six Jesus saw him lie and said to him, I, I know how long you've been in that case. Jesus said, Wilt thou be made whole? Do you want to get better? You've been here 38 years, dude. Do you want to get better? Do you want better for yourself? Do you want your life changed? Do you really want it? That's the question he asked. Look at the response. Jesus ain't got no man. Verse six, do you want to get better? Ain't got no man. Do you want your life changed? Ain't got no man. Do you want to be happy? ain't got no man do you want to have joy sister ain't got no man do you want to come out of this ain't got no man do you want to be a good father my daddy was no father for me do you want to be faithful and be loyal and be supportive? Well, my papa was a rolling stone. Whoever he laid his hat, that was home. And, and, and when he left me, I was all alone. Home, 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 home. Do you want to get your life together? And we, the man keep holding me down, and I can't get no break. You know, they get they give me all the jobs on the north side. Do you want to get back? You know what I got a GED and nobody will help me out everybody keep everybody they help everybody else Do you want to get better out was the black sheep of the family and mama never told me she loved me She never gave me a hug. I don't know how to be affectionate because I ain't never got do you want to get better? And we put off rather than answer the question. We let our emotions come out. Y'all not feeling me here You're having a spiritual conversation with Jesus, but you're stuck in your feelings, man Look what he said in verse number seven. I ain't got nobody to put me. Well, every time the water gets trouble, every year when the angel come and put the water in, and and and, 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 and when the angel, and, and then I want to get in the pool, but when I when I'm coming, somebody else getting there before me. You know what? Nobody won't put me in the pool. Every time I'm here, nobody won't give me no helping hand. You know what? Everybody else to a hand up. I'm the dark skin one of my family. All the light skin ones got a helping hand. I didn't go to college. Your mama bought my my brother Jordash, and I had to wear pro wings. I ain't got nobody to help me out. People keep jumping in the pool in front of me. Last year, I gave him $10 because I was here longer and he took my $10 and then pushed me in the pool because he knew I was crippled and couldn't run behind him. They keep taking advantage of me. Woe is me. Nobody listen. What Jesus wants us to understand is that a certain in our lives. You got to get out your feelings and say, you know what? I've been jacked up for a long time. I've been in a situation for a long time. Yes, I was dealt a bad hand, but I'm going to do the best with the hand I've been dealt. You know what? Sometimes life... It's like a game of spades. Y'all not feeling me here? And sometimes you look at your hand, you ain't got no spades. Uh, they say, what you gonna be? be uh, listen, listen, we, we going four. Uh, my God, are you doing all you can just to go bored. Uh, I wish I had somebody talk to me here. And every now and then, you can't get your five books. Uh, and back home, you get sock, we call it. Uh, but guess what? The next hand, you can run a Boston. Uh, guess what? Because just because you had one bad hand uh, don't mean the game is over. And I wish I had somebody in his house who can testify as long as i got life see it's okay to be real about your feelings it's okay to tell god how you feel but at a certain point you got to move from your feelings to faith feelings is based on your emotions uh, faith is based on fact. My feelings, I ain't got no man. Felt, I got a relationship with Jesus. Feelings, nobody won't push me. Felt, the Lord is talking to me. And as long as the Lord is talking to me, I got a chance for something to get better. My God, I wish you look at your neighbor and say, I speak better over your life. I speak better in your finances. I speak better over your situation and your concerns. Just because you've been there and it ain't worked out yet in 15 years does not mean it's over because God gonna always have the last word. And maybe right now you feel like giving up, walking out, but it's not over until God said it's over. Open your mouth and declare things will get better. <laughs> Let me tell you what blessed me this morning. This morning... I came to church, right? 7.30 service. I got in my office to go through my notes and to get dressed and get my microphone put on. And the second person that came in my office with this guy right here with his tan suit on. Stand up, With well, The second person to walk in my office this morning at 7.30. Let me tell you why this was strange. This was strange because I wasn't expecting to see him not in my office, not 7.30 this morning. Let me tell you why it was strange. It's strange because this time yesterday, the exact same time, we were right back here. We were here yesterday, same time, burying his mama. He's the only child. A year and a few months ago, his dad died. A few months before his dad died, his uncle died. So this same guy, the only child, who's had to bury his mama and his dad, a little over a year apart whose uncle died a living for his dad. He buried his mother yesterday We put her in the ground yesterday about two o'clock So less than 24 hours later He's in my office This morning The day after saying see you later to his mom And I was shocked because I've been so concerned about him his mom and I talked about it She was so concerned would he be able to do it? And I said, man, I'm, 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 you, you okay? You here this morning? And he said to me, he said, I thought about it. If I'm at home, I don't have no brothers, no sister. My uncle ain't there. mom ain't there. Dad ain't there. If I stay home, I feel worse. But I've been in this church my whole life, over 40 years. So this is my family. So I decided to not stay home to get worse. I come to be with my family, because when I'm around my family, I feel a whole lot better. I wish I had somebody who could testify that if this brother can be in church saying it's gonna be better, the day after he buried his mama, you all better look at that bill and say, this thing gonna get better in my life right now. Why don't you shake a neighbor Says I don't know what you've been going through. I don't know how bad it feels. I don't know what bad it looks like, but you got to speak over your life. It's getting ready to get better in my life. Open up your mouth and shout better, better. Better is coming to my money. Better is coming to my job. Better is coming to my health. Somebody shout, it's gonna get better. You know what? You know what? By the end of this week, the thing you just spoke out your mouth, God gonna manifest it. So when you go to work tomorrow, somebody say how you doing? Just say better. And here we gotta go. I ain't got to see it better for me to say it's better. Say it's better until I see it turn better. Somebody shout, it's going to get better. Ooh. Y'all stand, hold those doors, we're leaving them. Y'all give me seven minutes, we out of here. I need you to touch three people and say better, 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 better. come on, come on, open. come on, just touch three people and say better, 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 better's around the corner, better is coming. I, I gotta get, it's gotta get better. It will get better. It must get better. It has to get better. Yeah, because all things work together for good. Ah! Father, in the name of Jesus. I don't know every issue, but help us, oh God, today to talk with people who have more information. Help us, oh God, to talk in a way that raises questions. Help us to talk so that it transcends emotions. But then fourthly and finally help us to talk and then end up in action. Because you said to the man, take up your bed. Sometimes after you've done a whole lot of talking, stop talking and start walking. The thing that's been holding you down, I want you to pick it up. The power is in you. Pick it up and start walking. You don't need me to touch your legs. You don't need me to spit on the ground. You don't need me to rebuke the enemy. What you need to do is just start believing and put one foot in front of the other. God, I thank you. I don't know who came needing encouragement. I pray that somebody's faith, I pray somebody's relationship would be better. That you're just not, we're not just going to talk about it, but we're going to do something to get tangible results and improvement in what we're trying to do. Not just keep going around the same thing over, but help us to move to a higher dimension. Take up the beds of mediocrity, the beds of the same old story, the beds of our own habits and the stuff we brought from our childhood and dysfunctions. Help us to take our bed up and start walking. Bless every man. Bless the couple that's, con- that's considering getting married. Going through counseling, trying to work through some issues. Help them just to not just be people to talk, but who put the work in. And I speak and believe, God, that things will be better in our lives according to our faith. Touch your people now in Jesus' name. Reach out and join hands. We